Uh, just did a USO tour in Afghanistan. Um, getting ready to put out this DVD that I did in Vegas with uh, Dane Cook, Greg Geraldo, and Sean Rouse. Uh, it's the Insomniac uh, Vegas special. So that should be out in April. Out in April. Any mm-hmm. cool things happened when you were recording that Vegas special? Yeah, it was it was a good uh, it was a good show because uh, Vegas is always fun and we bopped around town, you know, doing some uh, just stuff that I used to do on my other show, and uh, <laughs> then we just did straight ahead stand up. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. What now? Where have you been on this tour besides? Well, where were you, what were you doing before the USO tour? Um, I was on a. 35 city tour, I guess. 35 city tour. Any yeah. fun things happened on that 35 city tour? Lots of fun, man. Lots of like fun. What? Like, what are you looking for? Like drinking, drinking binging, whores, drinking. whatever. Yes, all that. <laughs> Any between solving crimes. I did that too. <laughs> do you have a secret super identity? I do. Do you look good in spandex? What's it? Do you look good in spandex? Because I look good in spandex. I can sell good, but yeah, I do look good. <laughs> Now, I know that you're on a tour of the Midwest right now. Wow. How's that treating you? Uh, pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to be hitting uh, Lansing and Detroit and Toledo and uh, just trying to do as much clubs as I can in colleges before uh, I head out, about, head out uh, overseas again. Now, I know you're doing uh, Central Michigan University with Pauly Shore. Are you touring with him, or is that just a one-time deal? No, I worked with him uh, a couple months back at another school, and uh, we had chemistry, and there was some eye contact. and. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a marriage. I think it's good. Now, uh, Paulie's a cool guy, and I love touring with him, but no, it's, this is just a one-off thing. One-time so. shot. Yes. I don't get the... History in the making. History in the making. That would be history. It gets me excited because Paulie Shore and you just... It's exactly. Recipe for disaster. The now, best of the, uh, you know, MTV and Comedy Central. MTV and Comedy Central. Um, how many... you Have you played in Lansing before? Uh... I've done, I think, schools outside of Lansing. So, yeah, you know, that usually is the gateway to all of the colleges around there. <laughs> gateway. What's your favorite memory from Lansing? Um, well. Do you remember anything from Lansing? Because usually I, I don't. I was drinking pretty hard. <laughs> you guys drink it up real nice there. You treat a guy good. Yeah, I usually, I haven't remembered a weekend in like two years, so it's all good. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like an intervention. Coming your way. <laughs> Intervention coming your way. Now you got your started in. Uh, you got your start in New York. How did you learn to do stand up? How did I learn? Yeah. Well, uh, well, well, doing stand up. A lot of people like email me all the time. Like, uh, how do you get started? How do you do it? It's really one of those things where you can't. You can't. There's no school for it. There's no comedy tree where you eat like you know an apple off of it. I mean, you gotta you gotta get out to these clubs like in your hometowns and and just do it. So. There's really the only advice I have for people who want to do it is just to get out there and do it. And for me, it was like years and years of open mics and, you know, just working my way up the comedy chain, I guess. Comedy chain. Now, you hosted Comedy Central's Insomniac. Is there any more in store for us from that? I know you've been doing specials lately. Uh, I don't know, maybe down the road, but I, I doubt it for now. And I'm not doing another season. People always ask me that, but no. Yeah, I understand that one. Yeah. What, is, what new projects do you guys do you got coming up for us? Well, I just said the DVD. The DVD. Let's be on the DVD. I know you're appearing know. in a documentary. I'm for president, man. I don't know. <laughs> Running for president. I know you're appearing. I heard you were appearing on a documentary called Hells on Wheels, which is about girl roller derbies. Um, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, no, I am. Yeah, we did. We shot with those girls in Austin, and I think you see that show, uh, Roller Girls. So uh, <laughs> uh, that, 
you know, they, they have their own show now about like what they go through, and really interesting and really cool people. You, you love the Roller Girls? Yeah, they're cool. They're very cool. They're cool. All right. Um, well, you're appearing at Connections Comedy Club in Lansing, April 2nd at 8 p.m. Thanks, David Tell, for being with us. Thanks, brother. I'll have to see you down there, man. Yeah, see you. And that was my uh, interview with David Tell. Thanks, David Tell, for taking the time to be interviewed by me. And right now, we're going to give you, the listeners, a chance to see David Tell. We got a pair of tickets to see the stand up comedy of David Tell, Comedy Central's Insomniac, live at Connections Comedy. At Comedy Connections in Lansing on Sunday, April 2nd. Show begins at 9.30, and you must be 18 or over to enter. For more information, visit www.connectionscomedyclub.com. Caller number two at 432-3893. They win two things. They get two tickets to see David Tell live at Connections Comedy Club. You also get to talk to my very, very, very cool engineer, Lieutenant Commander Crazy J. So, if you... David Tell tickets, 432-3893. And while those phone lines have been blazing, we're going to get into my review of Stay Alive. I'm seeing a movie with friends. And now it's time for a movie review on the mother of all shows. This week we're reviewing Stay Alive. A group of teens play a video game entitled Stay Alive. Well, they all mysteriously die. The game falls into the hands of Hutch, played by John Foster, whose cousin played the game and died. Also falling into his hands is Abigail, played by Samir Armstrong. So in a move of extreme brilliance, Hutch's friend Phineas, played by Jimmy Simpson, convinces Hutch that the best way to honor his dead cousin is to play the game. Yeah. So Hutch rounds up his friends Abigail, Phineas, Phineas's sister October, played by Sophia Bush, Hutch kid Swink, played by Frankie Muniz, and Hitch's boss Miller, played by Adam Goldberg. They all play the game and start dying one by one. The remaining friends start to figure out why this game is doing this, and what they find out will terrify you. Mm, not really. I'm not going to be one of those people that says the premise of Stay Alive is so stupid that it shouldn't be made. Tying video games and horror like this can be sort of cool. You're not going to get any groundbreaking horror, but if it's done well, you got a decent movie to watch with your friends. The Ring meets video games. But this film just doesn't cut it. The plot, while not that bad in the grand scheme of things, has really, 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 really stupid dialogue. Bad subplot involving Hitch's fear of fire. This subplot goes nowhere fast, and the acting is... Okay. Adam Goldberg does an acceptable job in what little screen time he has. Jimmy Simpson is the savior of this film. His character Phineas is the comic relief. He's funny. He saves scenes by just being there and being a jerk. We all hate these characters anyway, so let's just have another character rip them apart. Foster and Armstrong are horrible as a leading man and lady. Foster delivers bad line after bad line. He doesn't act very scared or sad or whatever he's feeling. You never really get behind this character, and since he's the main guy, that really spells doom for this movie. Armstrong has two characters, the strong chick and then the helpless chick, but there's really no in-between. At one moment, you think she can take care of herself, and the next moment, she's screaming for Hutch. Munez does well with his character, but he's supposed to play the whining little kid. He does another character jump that doesn't make sense. He goes from helpless weirdo to super helpful guy with no middle ground. Equally bad as October. Sophia Bush does a fine job in the role, but it's horribly written. And yeah, I don't think that a goth chick that knows a lot about witchcraft should be named October. And this is where I put all the blame on one man, writer-director William Brent Bell. Okay, there are bad performances, I have enough faith in the cast that if they had a different script, this movie would go from bad to mediocre. 
Everyone is either a gamer or an idiot, and sometimes both. Characters take transitions without any sort of warning or reasoning. One bad thing is that the game is on a website that can be accessible by console or computer, and that really just doesn't make a lot of sense. They play this game everywhere on different machines. The in-game animation doesn't look anything like a video game. Where are the health bars and the other things, like your items? Just because you have computer animated stuff in a movie doesn't mean that it looks like a video game. I could go on and on about this horrid script, but I'm too upset. Bell does an okay job as a director. He has some spooky visual. Camera work is okay. What hurts the visuals is the PG-13 rating. If this were an R movie, you could see all the blood and gore, and it would have made for a more satisfying experience. Stay Alive is bad. I haven't been this mad at a movie since Jeepers Creepers 2. It has a terrible script, casting is a little off, and it's so watered down that I don't even think I could call it horror. On the mother of all show scale of awesomeness, I give Stay Alive a 1, plus a bill for the producers so they can fix the scale of awesomeness. It's really dirty. Excuse me, sir, the show's over. But I have nowhere to go. We're back here on the mother of all shows, and if you want to chime in any time and tell me that I'm right or wrong, you can call, always, as always, call me at 432-3893. We, in addition to Tim and Tom, the T's, we also have Chris. What's going on? What's going on? I heard that there's a traffic um, problem on I-127 that we should pass along, along to listeners. Do you care to elaborate? Yeah, it's pretty, in Trowbridge exit, man, it's pretty bad. They're so, backed up all the way. Backed up all the way. So It'll clear out, it's all for the... Uh, the Big and Rich concert tonight. Or- oh. Yeah, I got caught up in that, too. Yeah. yeah I totally <laughs> forgot about that until I got close to Breslin. I've never like, seen oh, so yeah. many pickup trucks yeah. in my entire life. Well, then you should have gone to the Brooks and Dunn show um, up north in Mount Pleasant, and where we had to park. Um, I won't go into my gambling problems. Anyhow, <laughs> um, the top five movies, <laughs> the top five movies of this past weekend coming in at number one. We have the Inside Man, Spike Lee's new joint, where Denzel Washington plays a detective and Clive Owen plays a guy robbing a bank. Um, I've heard that this is a studio film, which is really bizarre for Spike Jones or yeah, Spike, Spike Lee. Lee, Spike Lee and Spike Jones. Uh, memo to Spike Jones, change your name. Um, <laughs> it's really weird for Spike Lee to like do a studio film, but he did the 25th Hour, which was okay. It had Edward Norton. You saw it, you're, and I'm getting a little... Eh. I'm getting a, eh. I like Edward Norton. Was... You like Edward Norton. I've heard good things about it. Spike Lee really hasn't, besides the 25th Hour, had a really good movie since about the mid-90s. So, eh. Coming in at number two, we have a movie I reviewed last week, V for Vendetta. Thumbs up. Thumbs, Thumbs up. up. Oh wait, wait. Or, I, mean, I forgot you all. You guys all get flogged of... because we only have <laughs> scales of awesomeness. Ten. Twenty. Twenty. <laughs> Twenty. <laughs> on the scale of awesomeness. That might be the highest I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> A twenty on the scale of awesomeness. Yeah. Well, the scale of awesomeness is already dirty because it's stay alive, and now it's broken because Tim gave it a twenty. V for Vendetta. Twenty. Yeah. I'm. I can't believe he gave it a twenty. Yeah. It deserved at least a twenty-two. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, coming in at number three, we have Stay Alive. Um, yeah, I saw it with Tim. Tim kind of agreed with me. I think I might have been a little harsher than Tim yeah, would have been. Yeah, you were a little harsh. I thought, you know, if you go into the movie thinking, "Oh, this is going to be a horror movie," you would have been fine. I like but... the horror films. If you couldn't tell, I, I like a little horror. But this is a bad horror movie. 
really bad horror movie. I haven't seen a horror movie this bad since I saw Sleepaway Camp 2. The whole <laughs> premise is terrible. It's a good premise. It's, a, it's, it's okay. Oh, it's the ring it's, meets it's video a, games. It can be done. Yeah, like, I didn't want to play video games after I got home. You know? <laughs> I still did, but That's I watched lie. my back. It's like it's one of those ones where yeah we changed it but it's still the same. It's still the same. <laughs> would you agree it would have been better had it been rated R? Yes, um, amongst other things. Uh, if I wrote us, I think I could have come up with a script that was a little bit better than that. We all could have. But basically, with Stay Alive, um, even if it had the best script writer ever writing the best script ever on a premise of video games killing people, it still wouldn't be a very good movie because video games killing people is not one of those good yeah. premises. No, yeah. it's not. No. But no. you got to go into that movie expecting that, and then you'll have a good time. What's going to happen? Mario's going to jump out of the screen and then get a mushroom and then jump on you? I used to have nightmares about that. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be kind of cool. <laughs> and we got an idea for Robot Chicken. Uh, coming in at number four, we have Failure to Launch. Matthew McConaughey still lives with his parents. Still in the top five. Still in the top five. Jeez. And coming in at number five, we have the Shaggy Dog. More family fun for all. Um, right. Uh, coming... <laughs> that was me putting down the film. Uh, coming out this weekend, we have Basic Instinct 2. Novelist Catherine Trammell, played by Sharon Stone, is once again in trouble with the law. And Scotland Yard approaches scientist Dr. Andrew Glass, played by David Morrissey, to evaluate her through, though like... Others before him, glasses entranced by Trammell and lured into a seductive game. This movie would have been awesome had it come out in, like, what, 1993? Yeah. <laughs> now she's old. And now she's, I mean, she's, Sharon Stone's an attractive lady. Yes. Not, we're not going to debate that here. But I really think that this movie should have came out, like, ten years ago. They tried to get it come out ten years ago, but I don't know. If, if, it, if it's not an excellent movie, people are just going to like hate it because who wants to see basic instinct yeah who wants I, to see it now it just seems I like know, it's, it's way past due it's way it's way past due i wonder if they're going to do another interrogation scene or something like that oh i'm sure i saw something in the commercials like that where you see her leg yeah i'm thinking yeah they're going to do that probably 10 times during the movie <laughs> the whole movie the whole... Is that a baby in there no <laughs> All right, now the Shaggy Dog and Failure to Launch and are two family films, and they're gonna get crushed by what's coming out this Friday, which would be Ice Age Two: The Meltdown, with the Ice Age at its end. Diego played by Dennis Leary, Manfred played by Ray Romano, and Sid played by Jean Leguizamo are worried that the melting ice will destroy their valley. The animals decide to take it upon themselves to unite and warn everyone about the situation. Ice Age was was probably one of the better non-Pixar animated films to come out in the last couple of years. Along it's funny. With I concur. Yeah. <laughs> along with Madagascar, Ray Romano and Dennis Leary are really funny at whatever they do. And now they're going to throw in Queen Latifah, which scares me. Yeah. <laughs> She's in everything. All we got to so. do is hear her voice. So it'll be all right. You think Queen Latifah has a good voice? Excellent. It's okay. It's, it's not annoying. <laughs> They should have gotten Fran Drescher. <laughs> oh, the Lord. ice is melting. Ah! Okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that was a great <laughs> Good Wow, the people on the show know sarcasm, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we need a sarcasm machine. That's Sar at least a 22. <laughs> <laughs> on the sarcasm <laughs> Oh, all right. And also coming out, we got Slither 
Um, a small town is taken over by alien plague that transforms residents into zombies and mutants. One townie played by Michael Roker turns particularly violent, and it's up to his ex-wife played by Elizabeth Banks and the local sheriff played by Nathan Fillion to stop him. Um, buzz coming out of this is Nathan Fillion, who you may remember playing um, Captain Mel Reynolds in a little movie I like to call Serenity. Yes. This is one of this is one of the movies he got because of Serenity, and he's in it. And I've already heard comparisons between him and a little character I like to call Ash, played by a man I like to call my idol, Bruce Campbell. I I have the book How to Make Love the Bruce Campbell Way, and every time I'm on a date. It's like, hi. And then I whip out the book and, yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> Bruce tells me to do this. My Groovy. name is Neil. Yeah. Chick Groovy. How are you? Take that. <laughs> to the king, baby. He's got, he's got his stuff together. I've got my stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's leather. Tim, you're excited about this. Yes, I am. It looks like, I don't know, it looks like a B-horror movie that, that really just says, hey, I'm a B-horror movie. I'm funny. Which is fine. It yeah. is fine. I like the comedy I, aspect I of like horror movies. movies. It's better than, you know, Camp Sleepaway and that kind of stuff. They're hilarious. That would be Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, same thing. Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp. We can't talk enough about this movie. Apparently. <laughs> no, no, I love B-movies. And it is, as long as they go in and they're like, we're making a B-movie and not, well, we're going to do a B-movie, but we're going to try to make it real good. That's when they tend to go downhill in our bass. Oh, with these B-movies, you can't make weird dialogue that's yeah. like B-movie dialogue. You have to make it serious, but you have to have these situations be really weird and maybe even have a character that's like, well, these zombies that are doing stupid things are stupid or something like that. I mean... so. I'm confused. Is it an alien invasion movie or a zombie movie? It's like an alien invasion movie that like Ooh. turns into. It's doing a whole bunch of different things. It's got everything, which Excellent. which could be good. And you know, I'm hoping it's as funny as Shaun of the Dead, which to me is. Oh, about I love Shaun of the Dead. The best, funniest horror movie to come out like last ten years. <laughs> yeah, that was a great movie. Great movie, Shaun of the Dead. Also coming out because we got four movies, four movies coming out tomorrow. We have ATL. As four friends prepare for life after high school, different challenges bring about turning points in each other's lives. The dramas unfold and resolve at the vocal roller skating rink, Jelly Beans. It sounds a lot like me at high school. <laughs> after high school, I had a throwdown at the vocal roller skating rink. I had my roller skates on, and I'm like, wow. I guess I forgot that part. <laughs> it stars T.I., Lauren London, uh, it's big boy, big boy, big boy's in it from Outcast. He's yep. from Outcast, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I don't know rap. What does ATL <laughs> stand for? Atlanta. I, I don't remember. American thought and language. Um. <laughs> oh, oh, topical joke. Oh no. <laughs> I'm not funny. <laughs> Neil, we might have to, or Tim, we might have to ask you to leave with that one. <laughs> I liked ATL. Come on. Um, I don't. It, it it's PG thirteen. It's uh it's after really high school. It's only PG thirteen. Yes. Wow. Dramas don't have to have a lot of cursing in them. Too. And it sounds like it's one of these um, teen movies that really it's not trying to be a teen movie. It just is turning into one. It's not like have like Mandy Moore. Actually, to be a teen movie, you don't have to have Mandy Moore. It doesn't have like Amanda Bynes or somebody in it. It's just it's just a movie that's 
life after high school and it's PG thirteen, so the teens will probably probably go see it. So Kids today. Kids today. Kids today. Well, on to news and I got news. Just be we were we gave a twenty to V for Vendetta. <laughs> and because V for Vendetta did so well and it was a pretty good adaption, we get Alan Moore's masterpiece on the big screen, and that being The Watchmen, the graphic novel that changed the face of the comic book industry forever. They're going to make that into a movie. I've had discussions with um, film people about how in the world they can do this because there's like eight plots. It takes place over 12 books. It's a huge story. Some people think they can do it. Some people think they can't. Trilogy. If it's that long, then... Look at Lord of the Rings. they make a trilogy out of it? I think that... um, Who who knows? They could make two movies. They could make three movies. They could make 12 movies if they wanted to. (laughs) But uh, Zack Snyder, who directed a little movie called Dawn of the Dead, the remake. And he's also got Frank Miller's 300 coming up. He's in negotiations to um, helm The Watchmen. The Watchmen probably won't be out until 2009, 2010. But because it's just been in development limbo for a while. I'm not sure they have a script. I don't know. Yes, Chris. For those of us that don't know comic books very well, what's The Watchmen about? The Watchmen is about a world where there are like 8 million superheroes, and somebody starts killing them off. Nice. And it's up to a superhero that's kind of not with it completely to save them all. Cool. I think I got that synopsis right. It's been a long time. Yeah. That's coming out. (laughs) I, I don't think it'll be out until 2010, but I could be wrong. One movie that's moving in, um, it's set to start shooting July 21st, is Ocean's 13. What? You're killing me. I, I saw Ocean's 12. Ocean's 12 is okay, Yes, I, I agree with you it's on that one. entertaining, it's okay. like on just a lazy afternoon type thing, yeah. but much more than that. I... This could be dangerous. There's a lot of numbers out there. <laughs> <laughs> What's, what um, makes me worried is all the men from the first two Ocean's movies they're coming back. George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Andy Garcia, Don Cheadle, Bernie Mac, Casey Affleck, Scott Kahn, Eddie Jameson, Carl Reiner, Elliot Gould. But the two ladies that were in the last two movies, Juliet, uh, Julia Roberts and Catherine Zeta-Jones, they're not coming back. Good um, for them. <laughs> I don't know. What's wrong with these guys? Why can't they keep their girlfriends and their wives? You know, Catherine Zeta-Jones' character being written out is okay because she was only in Ocean's right. 12. Julia Roberts, I think... Um, unless they do something drastic like her and Ocean divorce, is kind again. of int- ad- again. Yeah, they were divorced once. Yeah. <laughs> or they could just not show her on screen. You know, they just could do that. Her. Oh, she's visiting her mother's, but then that's really dumb too. Well, I don't yeah. like. Yeah, that. but it'd take care of it without making it feel too awkward. Um, uh, newcomer Ellen Barkin is um, going to play the female lead, and this time Matt Damon actually gets a love interest. Go Matt Damon. Go oh, Matt the Damon. nice guy's finally gonna get somebody. That's <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt, Matt Damon. I like Matt Damon. I like Matt Damon. Yeah, he's, he's the bomb. Rounders. And rounders. Yeah. What, what? What about Dogma? I liked him in Dogma. He was good in Dogma. Yeah. Born Identity. Born Identity. Born identity yeah. yeah. The whole identity. Well, the whole identity. <laughs> uh, Will Arnett and Will Forte. Will Arnett uh, plays Job. Um, on Arrested Development. And Will Forte is one of the better cast members Saturday Night Live. They will start in t- the title roles of the Brother Solomon. It's going to be um, written by Will Forte and directed by Bob Over- 
Oberdern Kirk. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a phone coming off in the studio. I don't know if you could have heard that, but we all just kind of froze for a second. And like, who's even, talking? I couldn't yeah. even remember. I thought it was being attacked. I it's so being directed by Bob Odin, Odin Kirk. Okay, I butchered his last name. You will know him as the other guy from Mr. Show. They had, oh, they had, yeah, um, David Cross and then Bobo, and so this movie's being, this guy, this movie's being directed by the other guy from Mr. Show. I hate calling him the other guy from Mr. Show, but I can't pronounce the man's last name. So, it's well, well done. The script follows a good-hearted and well-meaning brothers who are socially inept and clueless about the ways of women. The pair would like to grant their father's dying wish and provide him with the grandchildren. I am going to repeat this for everyone. This is not a um fictional account of me and my brother no no, No, not at all not not at all all. um my brother knows the ways of women um production is (laughs) (laughs) production is scheduled to start in early june so i'm happy for will or for will arnett i like will arnett he's a funny guy it doesn't hurt that he's married to amy poehler so yeah yeah she's okay John Malkovich is set to play in a 23rd century corporate overlord opposite Thomas Jane in the sci-fi thriller The Mutant Chronicles. So, Thomas Jane, who was the Punisher in the latest Punisher, and he was also in Dreamcatcher, I kind of like him. I thought he did good as the Punisher. He's He's got star potential. So let's put him in a sci-fi movie opposite John Malkovich. Okay, gold. <laughs> gold. I love John Malkovich. He's one of my favorite actors ever. He did really good in being John Malkovich. That was, but that role wasn't too much. I was much gonna say, I really exactly. like being John Malkovich. Hey, it's me. I'm acting as myself. Malkovich, Malkovich. <laughs> Malk, uh, Malkovich's character Constantine heads a United Nations-style council of four corporate-run countries that have pillaged Earth's natural resources. And when a marauding army of necro mutants wages a battle against humans for the little that remains, Constantine is tempted to destroy the planet. And evacuate some of its people rather than allow it to be overtaken, all with the corporation's best interests in mind. Sounds good. And uh, Jane's gonna be a human that, um, like, doesn't want Earth to be blown up. Simple plot. Simple. It's got John Malkovich in it. Malkovich. The guy from Deep Blue Sea. Wasn't he in Deep Blue Sea? (laughs) What? I think he was. Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane has been in. It's not like he came out of nowhere with Dreamcatcher and The Punisher. He's one of those guys that has just Took a while. floundered around in yeah. roles and supporting roles, and they're like, who's that guy? And then he finally has some big roles, and they're like, oh, that's Thomas Jane. <laughs> we were speaking about the Born Identity, and Nicole Kidman and writer Simon Kinberg are teaming to work on a spy thriller that has been described as the Born Identity, but with a girl. And that's how they're describing this project. Is she gonna star in it? Yeah, she's probably going to be the spy. Eh. She's I I sorry Nicole Kidman, you're a great actress. I don't think you're 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 too old to be the spy. It's like Basic Instinct too. <laughs> it's too old. <laughs> too old. Sorry. Maybe maybe someone with the acting chops of like a Mandy Moore could be. <laughs> I'm actually. Just... Don't don't joke like that. That's <laughs> not funny. Have you seen Mandy Moore? Oh, I, I've seen her. Yeah, yeah. She's okay. <laughs> Zach Braff's a lucky man. Blast <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, Zach Braff. Um, Don't no. you ever talk to Zach that way ever again. <laughs> <laughs> He's a 
good friend. He's my good friend, Zach Brown. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, there have been rumors of the Michael Bay production of Transformers that's supposed to come out in a couple years. Live action? Live action. Interesting. Well, we've uh, talked about this We've talked back. about it before. There's there's more humans in this than I'd like because they, they've... They've said that Shia LaBeouf, who was in Constantine and iRobot, so I'm thinking she was the main chick in iRobot, and I try to not remember Constantine, ever. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. So, Whoa. she's, she's, actually it's a dude. I thought it was a chick. Alright, Neil. Uh, Way to confuse uh, us all. <laughs> okay, we're going to stop talking about Transformers. There's a lot, there's like. Oh, come on. There's, there's... Is Optimus going to be in it? Yeah, there. He, he better. This person's supposed to play a teenage male, somewhat nerdy, but ultimate heroic. And there's going to be a, fe- a teenage female, his love interest, military leaders. It's not going to be like Pearl Harbor, right? It, it sounds basically like they've got four teenagers who are technically astute. They know how to work a computer, mm-hmm. and they're going to go up against the military. And how? What this has to do with Decepticons and? The other cons. What were the other cons? Autobots. Autobots. I'm going to throw this at Autobots and Transformers, completely different things. It's like comparing apples and oranges. So what what was Optimus Prime was a... Autobot. Autobot. You're thinking of GoBots. Yes, I am thinking about GoBots. (laughs) GoBots. Yeah, okay. That's That's my fault. So this has nothing to do with Autobots and Decepticons, so why? I don't know. They're going to miss out on a lot of bots, then. It's Michael Bay, though. I mean, it is Michael Bay. Bay. Hey, let's throw out a plot and <laughs> make a movie. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks is attached to star in a movie about how Starbucks saved my life. Yes. I don't know how Starbucks could save my life. Is how it going to be anything like... The same sentence? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> Listen, Seattle. It's a, non, it's a non-fiction uh, book that hasn't been published, but they're kind of doing this thing now. Excuse me, um, where they've got uh, where they got a book idea, so they're gonna write the book and they're gonna c- concurrently put out a movie. <laughs> I'm getting my head shaken by Jay. <laughs> so they're doing that. It's a story, a memoir of Michael Gates Gill, a former executive who found himself down and out when he was downsized out of a job in his 60s, and in a personal tailspin because of an affair that ended his marriage. Gill saw his luck change when he entered a Starbucks. And walked out with a job offer from the store's manager, giving his life new purpose. So here, here, Michael, I want you to make me a latte. That's a good latte. Make more. It changed my life. Is it going to be like that uh, skit from uh, Saturday Night Live? where This is all I know? Sylvester and Orange <laughs> Julius. Orange Julius. Uh, let's hope not. Uh, really hope not. Uh, yeah. Break time. Break time. It is break time. Tim wants a break. I think we have to go let him outside and give him water and kibble. So we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Mother of All Shows Impact 89 FM. You're listening to Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, The Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Prime Time. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. 
A few months later, I get a letter back saying thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to the Mother of All Shows right here at Impact 89 FM. And before we move on with the show, I got another giveaway for you. We got a pair of passes to the 30th annual Banneth Mountain Film Festival on Friday, March 31st, which is tomorrow. The festival takes place at 8 p.m. in N100 of the Business College. This event is sponsored by the MSU Outing Club, and more information can be found on their website at www.msuoc.org. So the the second caller at 432-3893 gets a pair of passes to the 30th Annual Bonif Mountain Film Festival. It's extreme sports videos. So call us at 432-3893. To get those passes. Yeehaw. And while Jay is answering your phones, we're going to listen to my review of Robot Chicken Season 1. Put on some great DVDs I picked up. How about like something like The Matrix? And now it's time for a DVD review on the mother of all shows. This week we are reviewing the first season of Robot Chicken. The premise of Robot Chicken is that there's this evil scientist finds a dead chicken, gives it robot parts, and then sits it down in front of a chair and forces it to watch TV in some demented brainwashing stunt. Well, this is actually the open credits. Robot Chicken is more or less a sketch comedy show with toys. It's all done with stop-motion animation. A lot of it is done with recreated Mego dolls. Mego being an old toy line where they would make things like superhero toys, but they would be the size of Barbies. G.I. Joe's, Transformers, He-Man, and other toys also make appearances. The sketches go from making fun of 80s pop culture to making fun of current pop culture. Their humor is crude and violent, but hey, if Superman is swearing up a storm, it's funny. My favorite bits from Robot Chicken include the carpooling skit with Skeletor, Cobra Commander, Mumra from the Thundercats, and Lex Luthor. Another good one is Enter the Fat One, a large skit where Joey Fatone of NSYNC trains to avenge the deaths of his bandmates at the hands of the Yakuza complete with a Mr. Miyagi training him. Another really good one at the end of the season is Scooby-Doo and the gang investigating a zombie haunting Camp Crystal Lake. It's Jason Voorhees, people. There's a very weird skit involving the Tooth Fairy and a kid's parents fighting. And finally, there's a Cobra training video. I'm concerned about Robot Chicken. For as much as I love this show, it boils down to the fact that creators Seth Green and Matthew Scheinreich do everything. They write, they direct, they do everything. They have a small pool of writers and some directors, but after watching the special features, it looks like Seth Green has his finger in everything. And taking Chappelle's show as an example, I'm afraid that Adult Swim may put too much pressure on Green and company to put out the show. It's stop motion animation, it takes time. I'm also worried that the humor may have run its course. 
How long can very crude humor be funny in the same context? The DVD is very thorough. On disc one, you get deleted scenes and deleted animatics. These things are very fun to watch. Some of the deleted animatics step over the line, but it's nice to see that the creators have boundaries. You get a photo gallery that's narrated. The best thing on this disc is the animation meetings where you see Seth Green acting out what he wants to see. You also get Smart Alex subtitles on that too. On the second disc, you get the Sweet J Presents shorts that got Robot Chicken on the air. You also get behind the scenes documentaries, alternative audio takes, which is just the actor screwing up, promos, adult swim bumpers, animatic to episode comparison, sketches without any computer animated stuff, the kitchen sink, episode commentaries, this set has everything. Anything you ever wanted to know about Robot Chicken, best features for an animated series that doesn't involve Matt Groening. Robot Chicken is one of the best shows on Adult Swim. This DVD release does it justice. Features give you more information and extras from the show than you ever wanted. On the mother of all shows, Scale of Awesomeness, I give Robot Chicken Season 1 an 8.5. And we're back on the mother of all shows, Robot Chicken. My favorite part of Adult Swim outside of Sea Lab 2021. Is that even on anymore? Because Adult Swim has been I think what's, going downhill lately. I, yeah, they've been doing a lot of new shows, and they've stopped making um, new episodes of the old shows. So I wanted to bring back Aquaman. You know when he just g- comes up to random stuff and starts dancing? In Sea Lab? No, just in the old Adult Swim, like when it first started. Um. Yeah. I guess I'm just the only, the only true fan in here. So. I started watching Adult Swim when they were doing the adult, like, everyone out of the pool, Adult Swim yeah, bumpers. Yeah, he was there. Aquaman was there. He was the best part. <laughs> he would come up to random things like a drive through window and start dancing. Yeah. <laughs> you just like when random things happen. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, all these DVDs were released this past Tuesday, March 28th. We have Memoirs of a Geisha and a two-disc set or a single-disc set. King Kong and about 8 million sets. Oh, oh, oh. A movie stay where Ewan McGregor plays a psychiatrist trying to help uh, Ryan Gosling not see ghosts. But then they all start going down in this weird psycho thing. Interesting. Weird. I've got I've got great communication skills. Mm. Very descriptive words. Which is why you're in the radio. <laughs> very descriptive. We also have... Um, the Masters of Horrors, uh, the episode directed by S- Stuart Gordon, the episode directed by John Carpenter. Um, those came out on DVD. Yay. We have Six Feet Under, the complete fifth season. Doctor Who, the first three complete stories from the debut season of the cult British series. It's Doctor Who. I get it. Yeah. And for Tom. Tom, I, know, I well, of course, Robot Chicken came out, but I know what Tom wants. He wants the Planet of the Apes legacy box set includes all five films, Planet of the Apes, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, Battle for the the Battle for the Planet of the Apes, and it features the 1999 made for cable documentary Behind the Planet of the Apes. You forgot cooking with Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Sorry. This is not complete <laughs> as the box set that has like the two disc special editions of each of these movies. The um t the couple episodes they made for the TV series Planet of the Apes, the animated series Planet of the Apes, and then Tim Burton's uh, remake of Planet of the Apes. So, that's the one I want. Planet of the Apes. More Chopped fun. Darn than dirty apes. Barrel of monkeys. I was gonna go there. I was gonna <laughs> let Neil do it. <laughs> we also have the uh, fourth season of Northern Exposure, the fourth season of Quantum Leap. 
Quantum Leap. Yes. Quantum Leap. The first complete season of the Andy Milanakis show. Have you watched the Andy Milanakis show? No, because he annoys me. It, yeah. It's it's one of Jimmy Kimball's friends that does skits. Um, oh, no. <laughs> that that he's done skits for. He's It's on MTV, too. I've watched, like, an episode or two. I didn't really find it that funny. Is that the, like, 12-year-old kid? It's a little kid. He's not 12. He's, like, he's 25. 30, yeah. But he looks like he's 12, which somehow is funny. He was somehow. in Waiting. He was one of the busboys in yeah. Waiting. I know who you're talking about now. <laughs> um, we impressed. have we have the the complete fifth and sixth season of the world's greatest secret agent, Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse. <laughs> Danger. It, that was on Nickelodeon with Count with Count Duckula. <laughs> and it, that that was where it's uh, okay. Duck, I guess Duck was a vampire, and then they had Danger Mouse, and Danger Mouse was like in a phone booth, and he has a mouse secret agent with this little mole sidekick. And they'd go around having super spy adventures. Um, cool. How about Mighty Mouse and DuckTales? My, I, I, I bought DuckTales. It's so awesome. Mighty Mouse. If I give you... Well, never mind. I know <laughs> what you're going to say about that. We also have the 23rd collection of Dark Shadows. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows. It's awesome. We also have the complete series of the Super Mario Brothers Super Sunday sh- Super Show. Yes. So this isn't this isn't this series. They had two animated series of Super Mario Brothers. One was came out like immediately after the original Super Mario Brothers came out, and it had like Captain Lou Abano, um, like as live action Mario. And then when three came out, and they did um that, what was that Captain Adventure? The the guy had a zapper. Captain go- N. Captain N. And the the Game Master. Captain N and the Game Master. They did another Super Mario Brothers show. That was Super Mario Brothers three and Super Mario Brothers World centered, but this was the older one. Oh, so based on number two. Based on one. Based actually. on one. Based okay. on one, and it was also shown with the Legends of Zelda animated series. Yes, on Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> you also have a boy named Charlie Brown and Snoopy Come Home. So all peanuts action for you. Go peanuts. <laughs> Go peanuts. Coming out on uh, this Tuesday, April 4th, we have The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in a collector's edition and a single set. I reviewed it when it came out. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it. What I'm excited about is, the, is a, a box set that I thought was coming out a couple years ago, and it kept on getting pushed back, and I forgot about it, and now it's here. The Mel, Books, the Mel Brooks box set collection. It features Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, Silent Movie, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, to be or not to be, history of the world, part one, the twelve chairs and high anxiety. So these are all. You know what? Uh, reading that, you know, it's missing one movie. Spaceballs. And that would be Spaceballs. Yeah, it is. I. And I, by the way, it's Frankenstein. Yeah. He changes it from Frankenstein to Frankenstein in the movie. I know. I know. Just it's showing. Pronounced me. Igor. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is a good box set, but it's. <laughs> It's it's missing Spaceballs. Maybe I just didn't get the memo that well, Spaceballs was in this They had a special collection. edition for that. I don't think any of those other movies had a special edition. Spaceballs did. Yeah, Blazing Saddles has, and I think Does Young it? Frankenstein has. Because wow. those are two really classic well, movies. Well, if you want to yeah. talk that, then Robin Hood, Men in Tights. I was going to say, Spaceballs could hold its own, but then you got Blazing Saddles that could do just the same. Yeah. Yeah. History of the World, too, is pretty good. It's, like kind of, it. I, it's kind of underlooked. The ones I like is Young Frankenstein and Silent Movie. Yeah, movies. that was, and, Ro- was... and, of course, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Dave Chappelle in Tights. Come Tight. <laughs> he was Tight. awesome Tights. in that movie. A man. 19-year-old Dave Chappelle in Tights. A chew. 
Just think about Bless that. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, also coming out April 4th, we have Brokeback Mountain. That got rushed to DVD in a hurry. And for everyone on the panel, Dawson's Creek, the complete sixth season. <gasps> Sweet. I have to tell my roommates. <laughs> I'll be having a party at my house. A Dawson's Creek party. Uh, we got some release stuff of The Missing, which was a uh, movie that came out a couple years ago where Kate Blanchett lost her daughter and Tommy Lee Jones plays her dad and they all go out and find her. It's called The Missing. It's going to be released in a director's cut on June 6th. So that's good to... Cool. That's gets a movie that I didn't really hear about. It was under the radar. It has Ed Harris and Will Ferrell in it called Winter's Passing. is going to hit um, on the DVD shelves May 16th. I do believe this movie came out in theaters, but I don't think they would make it a direct-to-DVD movie because it has Ed Harris and Will Ferrell in it. <laughs> I smell box office gold. And the movie Annapolis, which was um, let's go to a Navy school and have fights with boxing. Wait, wasn't that just out on theaters? That was, that came out in January. That's going to come out on DVD on June 27th. Okay, so we got right. a little bit. Um, also, came out last month, Firewall is going to be on DVD June 6th. So, it's it's they're really cutting the, the, the time close between when it's released in theater and when it's released on DVD. That's a good thing, though. I mean, uh, I, like, I like it. I movies mean. is different than TV. TV, you d- definitely want it out fast. TV, you want yeah. it out fast, but, you know, movies, people have complained about movies coming on a DVD so quickly because... Then people are like, well, it's going to come out on DVD soon. I can just wait the two months until it comes out on DVD, and I won't see it in the theater. People don't appreciate theater anymore. It's kids it's so the, sad. It used to take like a good year for stuff to come yeah, out. It yeah, it did. Kids these days, they don't appreciate an afternoon at their local cinema. They don't what, appreciate what $10 water either. But. That's true, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, when I was their age, I walked uphill both ways in six feet of snow to go to a movie. And I had beta. <laughs> hey, beta was the bomb. Speaking of beta, I read a news story that I don't have in front of me right now, but UMD, the um, movie format you can play in your PSP, that's going the way of beta. Um, they're not going to make movies released on UMB anymore. UMD, I think it's called. Yeah, UMD. So I saw that one coming a mile away. Yeah, who's going to get a movie that you can only watch in your PSP? Exactly. Yeah. I don't understand that one. I know. Uh, when a Stranger Calls is going to come calling again May 16th. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I caught that. I'm like, oh, no, Neil. Underworld Evolution will hit um, on DVD June 6th. And Syriana, which George Clooney won an Oscar for, will hit June 20th. Uh, we are not going to take a break. Let's go straight into TV, please. It's going to take Jay a second, because... Damn TV, you ruined my imagination. Just oh. like you ruined my ability to... To, um... Oh, well. TV news and reviews on the mother of all shows. I am happy that Tom's on the panel for this following news story. Uh, Arrested Development creator Mitch Hurwitz has announced his decision to quit the Emmy-winning comedy Monday. Um, just killing any chance that anything like Showtime or ABC will pick this thing up. Because Hurwitz writes and does a lot of things... So basically, instead of Fox canceling it, the creator just said, I don't want to deal with it anymore. No one watches it. I'm gone. Bye-bye. Bye, Arrested Development. Kind of sad, man. Kind of sad. Do you think, you think it could have... Do you think on Showtime or ABC it could have done better? I think it's one of those shows where... It reminded me a lot of Family Guy, just how everybody would watch it. Uh, like, on DVD especially. So I was kind of hoping for one of those kind of things. 
I think it'd do well if you could unrestrict it a little bit more and put it somewhere where you weren't shuffling it around. Um, uh, assistant Fox. said to E, he's hesitant about sticking with the series despite a tentative deal in place to move it to Showtime. I think he just, he, he loved this show and then he's just seen it suffer and he doesn't want to move it to another place that probably it won't because Showtime, I'm not sure that it would work on Showtime. They've got to change the format around a lot. It can, sure, not a lot of the bleeping that takes place on that show. It won't be bleeped anymore. It's not Showtime. But, you know. It's Showtime. Sometimes that not everyone has Showtime. showtime. Yeah, sometimes that. I don't want to know what Buster has to say. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it. Showtime. Showtime hasn't had a very good run with shows outside of Queer as Folk. So. Sad to see it go, man. Neil's oh. favorite show. <laughs> right. But there is a there is a silver lining to this cloud. Um, Hurwitz has not denounced um, rumors that they're going to make a movie, an Arrested Development movie. I think for him, he's gone to the point where I don't, where he he wants to go. I don't want other people controlling my project. I want to control my project, and the best way to do that is make a movie. And they're just going to abruptly end the series. So you know, you make a, a movie that just rounds out everything from the show, and just. Ends it on a high note. I don't know how they're going to end this this thing. I'm glad you said that, man. You kicked me and now you brought me back up. <laughs> a better, huh? How are they going to end this movie? Is like I don't know. That's is, is Michael just going to like sit on a road with a "We'll work for food" sign? That's the end of the series. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I would laugh at that. <laughs> but you're Neil. You laugh at everything. This is true. <laughs> I am easily amused. We've got more sad news. I'm sure a lot of people have heard this. Buck Owens, who used to co-host Hee Haw. Hee Haw was like the country version of laughing. He died at age 76. So He lived poor, a full life. Poor Buck Owens. We hardly knew you. Except you hosted Hee Haw. That's only because we weren't old enough to watch. <laughs> I know. I'm like, who's this guy? Buck Owens. All right. Um, Fox has extended Prison Break another season. Um, so... Funny. And I don't know how, because I think they're busting out of prison in, like, an episode. <laughs> so, I can sort of see it if they spend the rest of this series, like, on the lamb. Like, I, I would laugh really hard if, like, the next season they're, like, fugitives, and then they get captured, and they get put back in jail. Yeah. And then they need to pr- they need to escape from prison again. And this happens, like, five times. <laughs> and you just keep on thinking, when are the police just going to get smart enough that they can't leave these guys alone to think? Maybe this prison is inside another prison. <laughs> oh. Like, oh no, it's oh, an even bigger prison. <laughs> that <laughs> it goes Twin Peaks, and they're really in a virtual reality prison where they they're not really. No, that would be horrible. That would be. Let's just. It's good though. Let's good. just give a big. Screw that's you to of, the fans of this show. <laughs> that's a kind of a cloudy poly- screen. It was a dream. <laughs> you have the makings of a Hollywood exec, Tom. I know. I'm sorry. You should go to Hollywood. <laughs> I'll try and stop that. Patricia Heaton, who played Ray Romano's wife in Everyone Loves Raymond, she might get her own daytime talk show. The only problem with this is I don't think she has a personality to host a talk show. She's really not that funny. Who is she? <laughs> the, the the mom. From I, know, I know. I know. Raymond and who yeah. is she? Yeah. Tony Danza can do it apparently. But Tony. he's the boss. He can, he can do anything. This is true. It's Tony Danza. Did you see his daughter? Jeez. I did not see Tony Danza's daughter. Alyssa Milano? Oh, Alyssa Milano. In this, yeah. 
Yeah, let's see what she's doing nowadays. Charm? I, I don't care. She's really hot. His daughter? No, in the series. No, in the series. Actually, yeah. she wasn't his daughter in Who's the Boss anyway. Oh, no, it was uh, the, the It was the Jude, She was Judith Light's um daughter. Sorry. He Tony just son. was living, like, what? Housekeeper slash nanny? Living cabana boy? He was the Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> he was the Mr. Yes. Belvedere. I'm going to say it right now. Hollywood executives, I know you listen to this show. Um, You're making Miami Vice. You're done bewitched. Make a Mr. Belvedere movie. Please. <laughs> they need to bring back Mr. DeBelvedere. That was an awesome Ed, show. Ed, 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 Ed Asner can play Mr. Belvedere. Or, like, you could get Don DeLuise. He's not doing anything. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Neil. Oh, me. Um, CB, the short-lived CBS series Love Monkey, which was about an indie uh, huge major label music executive who got fired from that major label and now works for an indie label. It had Tom Cavanaugh from Ed. That got picked up by VH1. There's going to be no new episodes made, but the um, like 8 or 12 that have been made are all going to air on VH1. Maybe they'll bring the show back. I like Tom Cavanaugh. I liked Ed when I would watch it, when I would re- be reminded to watch it. But, you know, I didn't really like Love Monkey that much. I never saw it. I liked Ed an awful lot. Waiting for the DVDs on that one, too. <laughs> You're on. the reason why shows get canceled. You're just <laughs> waiting for the DVD. Uh, ESPN got nominated for 45 sports Emmy nominations. Um, that shocked no one. Yeah, <laughs> What are they competing against? Fox Sports Net? Fox Sports Net, Fox Sports, ABC. ESPN2. Yeah, Yeah, actually, they (laughs) were competing against ESPN2. Yes! And I'm sorry to inform you guys, but um, ESPN8, the Ocho, no nominations. No! What? (laughs) Midget tossing, come on. I thought their dodgeball coverage last year was pretty good. Uh, it was excellent, actually. Have you actually seen dodgeball on uh, TV? It's actually quite entertaining. They get cocky and... I think the um, GSN like, has shown dodgeball back when dodgeball actually came out. Stream dodgeball. Like they they actually had televised dodgeball. They still do. They still do. They do yeah. I saw. Yep, we were watching it the other day. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was great. awesome. There's nothing better than wanting to hit a Skill, you know, the, the, hippie uh, flower child. Skills <laughs> yeah. kills. Funny. That's an actual dodgeball team. Like those guys play in the dodgeball league. Oh, they the skills it kills. Was, and I think the um, the. Uh, Please tell me the kamikaze guys. Yeah, are the it's one. the kamikaze. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Those guys are real too, and they really wear the little, uh, the little diaper things. Yeah, like... whatever they're called. Oh wow. I don't know. Mm. BBC America is trying to target American viewers. BBC America. I don't think anyone watches it because all they show is reruns of Monty Python. Now they're gonna start coming out with original content. And they're gonna have uh, fresh takes on Robin Hood and Doctor Chuckle and Mister Hyde. So it's gonna be like. The Robin Hood is a fresh take on the classic tale targeted for the first quarter of 2007. Um, it's going to be the BBC's big primetime drama highlight of the year in BBC America. So, it's going to be rob from the rich and give to the poor. I figured it out, Neil. What? We take Arrested Development and we put it on BBC America, make a UK version. There you go. Kind of like they're doing with The Office. <laughs> the way we'll get a watered-down version. Yeah, but they'd, then they'd recast it, and they'd all have exactly. British accents. <laughs> sure. Are you here for crumpets? Come on. Accents are pretty cool. They are. Uh, right. Kieran Lightley, come on. 
<laughs> She's legal, by the way. Um, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing will be called Jekyll. It's the combination of Jekyll and Hyde, like inwards. And Jide? I don't know. They share the same body, but Hyde is unaware that Jekyll is now married and do anything to protect his family from Hyde. So, um, yeah. So it's cool. like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde 20 years later. At least it's not like Dr. Jekyll and Ms. Hyde. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why, hello. <laughs> I could see that happening. That was actually a movie with Sean Young. That was, it had like one of the guys from Wings and Sean Young in it. And it was a real movie. I'm sorry. And like the guy from Wings, when he turned into Ms. Hyde, it was like a dude and he changed into a girl. Yeah, I was totally joking. By the way. And I am totally serious. Yeah, I know, because I think I've seen that. It's <laughs> <laughs> ringing bells. Uh, uh, Wayne Brady is flirting with a new comedy pilot for the new CW network called Flirt. As He's going to be Wayne Brady and the only man working in a woman's magazine. It's Wayne. I I like Wayne Brady. And you know... He's cool, I, I guess. I like Wayne Brady on the Chappelle show. I, I would... His... I like Wayne Brady on Whose Line Is It Anyway. The thing that really won me over for him, for me was his appearance on the Chappelle show where he did something like completely against type. And it showed that, you know, Wayne Brady, he can do the dark stuff. He can do the cutting edge things that us bitter college students like, like exactly. the Chappelle show. I would quote right now from that sketch, but everything uh, Wayne Brady says is like an OCC violation. <laughs> um, Yeah. Simon Cowell is going to have a new TV show where it's going to be like a real circus where singers, comedians, jugglers, animal acts, and anyone that's hungry for stardom will be welcome on America's Got Talent. It'll be for NBC. Ooh, I could be on that. So, you know, I can, I can, I don't know what, it, what can I do? Mm-hmm. You can talk. I can talk. Wait, so no, you can't even do that well. So. <laughs> on on Simon Cowell's new TV show. Those shows, Simon Cowell's TV projects never do well at all. He did, like, America's Next Inventor, where they just take people who think that they've got really good ideas, and they set them down, and they all get made fun of for, like, two hours. Because, you know, that's what we need to do to harbor the smart people in America. Parade them on national TV and make fun of them. It's Simon on American Idol that's yeah. so mean, right? Yeah, why, are, why everybody's got to be like him now? I don't know. You're stupid. What's so funny about making fun of him? <laughs> <laughs> See yeah, the joke? Yeah. He- yeah. See the non-smile on my face right now? I think I'm going to get beaten up after the show. And you know what? We, that's all the time we got for the Mother of All Shows this week. I'd like to thank Tim. You're welcome. And Tom. You're welcome, Neil. And Chris. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and Lou, Lieutenant Commander Crazy Jay. Thanks, Jay. We'll oh, Neil, you. you're so infinitely welcome. You have no idea. I've enjoyed the show quite a bit. It's been a fantastic did, show today. Did you enjoy the show sitting there? It was, it, it, it's was. it been phenomenal. It was a busy show. I mean, we had a, an interview with David Tell. I well, mean, What was come your on. favorite part about the show? The interview with David Tell. The interview with David Tell. You liked David Tell? I thought it was hilarious. It, I, it, was, I, I, was, I was laughing throughout the whole thing. What about my review of Stay Alive? Did, didn't, I, I wrote some jokes about that in there. Did you like those? <laughs> It was very good. It, it was, was very good. Hey, what, what radio station is this? This is WDBM East Lansing, Impact 89 FM. Awesome. And we're about to turn things over to... We're about to turn things over to Amanda in the basement. Awesome. All She's right. a cool kid in the basement. <laughs> All right. This is um, Ben. This, uh, we've stalled enough. This, my name is Victoria <laughs> Neil. I'll see you guys all next Thursday for the Mother of All Shows.
Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.